Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. You guys will be getting some solo episodes this season with just me, where we're going to dive into some different topics. And as you guys know, these are not scripted, they are unedited. So I just love to talk with you guys about different things that we're seeing at Stat Wellness. And one of the big things we're seeing with a lot of our patients right now is post-viral syndrome. And of course, this has had increased attention over the last few years, but it is not a new phenomenon. Uh, I've been doing functional medicine for over a decade, and we have been seeing patients patients with lingering symptoms, post-viral load, um, my entire time I've been in this, this area of medicine. So whether it's Epstein-Barr virus or mono influenza or the flu, um, of course, now we're all talking about COVID, but it's cytomegalovirus. It's any of these. And you guys might know someone or be listening and experienced, uh, long haul symptoms from any of these viruses. And the CDC, they're reporting a little bit more statistics around this. And they looked at people that were hospitalized with COVID. And uh, they found that people six months and longer still reported symptoms. And 30% of them did. So 30% of people hospitalized are going to have long-haul COVID. And then some other articles and studies have found that one in five people that develop viruses in general have long haul symptoms. So, you know, somewhere between 20 to 30% of people that develop a virus or get a virus are going to have some long haul symptoms. And these symptoms are so robust and different, which is what makes it so hard to maybe put your finger on it being a post-viral syndrome symptom or really be able to even articulate what's going on. So it can be anything from persistent fatigue. That's a big one that we see. So, you know, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and functional medicine, we're always looking at viral load. Did any of this develop after you got mono or um, the flu? We also know brain fog, you know, just having a hard time concentrating, making decisions, um, feeling exhausted, like just even like brain is tired by the end of the day, ADD, ADHD, uh, joint pain and muscle pain, sleep disturbances. And we'll talk about some of the connections there with having a hard time falling asleep. We see some post-COVID insomnia, like crazy at Stat Wellness, uh, headaches, migraines, you know, some of those really intense headaches mood swings, anxiety, shortness of breath, lingering loss of taste or smell. You know, of course we talked about that a lot more with COVID, but it's not only COVID, it's other viruses too that can cause this. But these symptoms can really impact quality of life for those that are affected. And I have seen over probably the last 10 years, hundreds of patients with post-viral uh, syndrome. And some of them have had to quit their jobs. They've had to go out on disability. They've had to get special uh, notes for school to have unlimited sick days. And they've had to travel out of state to find protocols and treatments to get them feeling back to a relative baseline. So this post-viral syndrome is really impacting a lot of people's lives. 
Um, and you know, depression is one of the things that I haven't talked about yet. I know I mentioned the anxiety, but there was a study I was reading that they found 30 to 40% of people develop depression post COVID. And, uh, we don't know really the length of how long that lasts, but this it's really impacting our mental health, our physical health, our energy, our athletic performance. So sometimes my patients, they might not report the brain fog and the chronic fatigue, but they go for that 5k. They go for that run after having a virus and they just aren't running as well. They're getting quickly fatigued and exhausted. So it can be mild to severe this uh, post-viral syndrome, but I think it's worth talking about and thinking about in your own history and those around you. But this long haul um, presentation can really be driven by so many different things. So we know at the root of all of this, it's an immune dysregulation. So these viruses, they disrupt our immune system and they cause this long-term immune dysregulation, which for some people may be more chronic inflammation. For some people, it might be chronic inflammation blended with an overactive immune system. And in functional medicine, when we see this overactive immune system and chronic inflammation, it's the perfect disaster for an autoimmune disease um, or a perfect storm for an autoimmune disease to uh, arise. And so we see so much post-viral autoimmune disease at Stat Wellness. Um, it could be anything from Hashimoto's to rheumatoid arthritis to vasculitis, uh, which I would argue is some of the strokes and clots that we were seeing in the early pandemic. But it's really important if you're struggling with post-viral syndrome to do a full workup for any kind of other autoimmune processes that might have occurred. We do a test at, at Stat Wellness that's called an Avise test, and it's only two tubes of blood, which is incredibly nice for our patients to be able to see lupus, Sjogren's, scleroderma, mixed connective tissue, rheumatoid arthritis, vasculitis, Hashimoto's, you know, the list goes on and on. But a lot of times at the root of this post-viral syndrome is chronic inflammation, an overactive immune response, and mitochondria dysfunction. And mitochondria is, is it's really, it's the powerhouse in every single one of our cells. You guys have heard us talk about this. I had Kyle on the episode to talk about mitochondria uh, or on the podcast to talk about mitochondria dysfunction, but it is really the energy producer in our cells. And we always ask, where do we have the most mitochondria? when we're looking and evaluating someone for mitochondria dysfunction, and it's the brain, the heart, and muscles. So if you're having brain fog and decreased exercise tolerance and your muscles are just tired or ache, there is most likely a mitochondrial dysfunction associated with this. And you know the other place that I should mention with this mitochondrial dysfunction, which is an overlap that we see a lot at STAT is fertility. So we have a lot of mitochondria in our ovaries and our testes. So women, ovaries, men, testes, and the mitochondria really play a role in our reproductive age. And so we will see some uh, fertility impacts in this long haul presentation. So really important to look at that too, when it comes to hormones and fertility and immune system, inflammation, and how you're feeling. So I always want to evaluate my patient's immune system. I always want to evaluate how many different uh, viral loads were you exposed to. So some of our patients, they had mono when they were 14, and then they had COVID three times, right? So depending on how their immune system handled Epstein-Barr virus or mono, 
it may be a kind of reactivation and a larger burden on the immune and inflammatory cascade. So unfortunately, with all things, it's never just one piece that we're putting in the puzzle, right? It's not that you came in, you got Epstein-Barr virus or mono or COVID, and now you have all these symptoms. It's like, yes, you have that now, but what in your history led us to get here, right? So we'll see uh, previous viral infections before the one that we're talking about during the visits, we see that immune dysregulation, that chronic inflammation, the start of an autoimmune process, some mitochondrial dysfunction. Uh, and so we, we have to piece this all together. And one of the big places that we like to look is of course the gut. We know that about 80% of our immune system starts in the gut. So we want to see how are your bowel movements? How's your, um, how many antibiotics have you been on? What was your birth history? We want to understand the health of your gut and how that might be connected to what's going on with your immune system and inflammatory cascade. We do look at food sensitivities and we do do different dietary eliminations at Stat Wellness, but our goal is to really have those be short-term as we're healing your gut. We don't want this to be a long-term kind of laundry list of foods that you can't eat, right? We really want to create a healthy gut, a healthy environment, and we want to be mindful and kind of follow that intuitive eating whole foods. Uh, but yes, sometimes we have to do an elimination diet or cut out gluten or cut out dairy or be really strict with sugar for a short period of time as we're getting your gut into a really, really healthy state. Uh, the other connection that we see a lot in some of these immune dysregulated patients is um, heavy levels of stress. So our adrenal glands, they sit on top of our kidneys and they make cortisol and DHEA. And these hormones are really critical for our immune system. So if we have years and years of high cortisol and low DHEA, that's going to impact how our immune system is going to respond to these viruses. DHEA is probably one of the most critical hormones for a healthy immune system. So we want to look at stressors in your life and how you handle those stressors. We want to look at your sleep quality because there's physical stress and there's emotional stress, right? And a lot of patients, when I start talking about stress, they tell me about their job or their school or family dynamic or financial stress. But we don't always identify the inflammation that's putting stress on our body or the insomnia that's putting stress on our body or um, the nutritional deficiency that's putting stress on our body. So those are just a few examples. Uh, other things that we look at is seasonal allergies. You know, if we struggle with a lot of seasonal allergies, not only is that going to put physical stress on our body, but it's also going to increase our baseline histamine. So when you get exposed to another virus, it can cause this domino effect and this accumulation. So what we're seeing outside of the chronic inflammation, the overactive immune system, the mitochondrial dysfunction is this whole space that you guys might have heard of that is histamine intolerance and mast cell activation syndrome. And um, I've always seen the connection with these viruses in our mitochondria and then immune and inflammatory cascade and an autoimmune since the day I started practicing functional medicine. You know, I saw the mono Hashimoto's connection, but it wasn't until the last probably three to four years, like at the start of this pandemic, that we really started to connect the dots, or at least I personally did with this histamine and mast cell activation syndrome. And 
immediately as I started to dig into this whole immune cascade, I started to understand why I had a handful of patients that weren't getting better because it wasn't just an overactive immune system and inflammatory cascade. It was actually a histamine intolerance and a mast cell activation, which is treated slightly different than, you know, your classic autoimmune. But histamine, this is a, it's actually a neurotransmitter in our body. And it's really cool as I started digging into it, how we have four histamine receptors. We have H1, H2, H3, and H4. Um, There may be more, but those are the four that I'm aware of. And these things can impact so many different processes. It's not just itchy eyes, runny nose, and headaches, sinus issues, right? Those are some of the classic histamine issues, but it's also the excitatory neurotransmitter. So it's the anxiety, it's the insomnia that occurs after COVID. So when you start to connect some of this of like, okay, we've got the inflammation, we have the immune dysregulation, but now we pile on this histamine excess. We now have anxiety, we have insomnia. Um, We might have ringing in your ears. That is one of the big things I've seen with my long haul uh, patients is this persistent and annoying ringing in their ears. So for some of my patients, it's just anxiety, insomnia, and ringing in their ears, you know, and that is really connected to those histamine layers that we're talking about. It can also be reflux or heartburn. We've seen people develop heartburn uh, post-viruses. We've seen more diarrhea develop because when histamine is really high, you can have more diarrhea. So some of my patients will see this after drinking alcohol, for example. Like Kristen, I have diarrhea the next day after I drink any alcohol. Most alcohol is really high in histamine, so it could cause more of that trouble sleeping, anxiety the next day, diarrhea. So this is not, you know, when we're having these conversations around histamine issues and mast cell activation, it's not just viruses that trigger this, right? It's, you know, mold in our environment and dust mites. And so I always go back to how quickly when you start thinking about all of these things we're exposed to, we can immediately get into this like fear and this like freeze state. But I think it's really the opposite. It's quite empowering to start to learn how your body works and how it's responding to its environment. Is it getting the right foods that make you feel good? Are you prioritizing sleep? Are you managing your stress effectively? And I always say knowledge is power. So if we can really focus in on what makes us feel our best and how do we keep inflammation as low as possible and how do we support a healthy gut and how do we manage our nervous system? Uh, I feel like as a practice, we're really getting into a lot of nervous system work. We're going to be launching some vagal nerve stimulators that we're super excited about that have been studied in the PTSD group and the IBS group and migraines and a lot of us, our nervous system is just so imbalanced in America. It is, there's so much coming at us at all times, whether it's your Apple watch, your whoop band, it's an email, it's your computer, it's the TV, it's the kids, um, it's the noise, it's the exhaust. It's, there are so many things and um, we have to do a lot of intentional nervous system work. So when we think about, okay, what are all of the different variables that are going to impact this? You know, of course we know our gut is going to play a role. Our stress in the past is going to play a role. Our previous viral load is going to play a role. Our genetics is going to play a role to some degree. You know, so many different variables play a role. They've actually actually isolated a specific genetic gene correlated to histamine intolerance. I was just learning about this a little bit more in my A4M fellowship that I'm working on. And I'm like, that is pretty cool that there is genetic influence on who is going to have higher risk of developing histamine intolerance. So 
we know that this is an issue, right? We know based on one in five developing long haul symptoms and, you know, 30% of people that are hospitalized, we know 20 to 30% of people are going to develop some sort of mild to moderate um, lingering symptoms after getting past that active viral load. So what can we do? Uh, there's a lot of things we can do that are natural treatments that is just looking at our lifestyle that I want to talk about. You know, at Stout Wellness, we always talk about our pyramid, right? You have the base that is lifestyle. We cannot overlook what we're doing in our lifestyle. The next tier is nutrients and uh, supplements. You know, what do we need to add? And then the final tier, that like tip of our pyramid is pharmaceuticals. So thinking about the base of our pyramid, we have to go back to our sleep quality. When we're looking at... resetting our nervous system. And when we're looking at keeping a healthy immune system, sleep is so critical. Um, it's not only the time you're in your bed, it's also the quality of the sleep. I always laugh when I talk with patients and they're like, yeah, I'm really good at sleep. Like I'm in bed from 10 to six. And then I'm like, okay, well you're in bed from 10 to six, but what time are you sleeping? And what is the quality of that sleep? Cause somebody may, you know, fall asleep with the TV on and then they wake up and turn it off at two o'clock and then they have to get up and use the bathroom and then they come back in and then they're hot. Then their leg is coming out. You know, that is just an example of like not ideal quality of sleep, to get through these sleep cycles we need for a healthy immune system. So sleep, number one, I highly suggest having a sleep tracker, um, at least for like a week or two and learning if you're sleeping well and what your quality is like. I also suggest really building in some good sleep hygiene, you know, turning off your electronics, keeping consistent bedtimes and wake times, you know, having short, you know, like we might have an hour variation between our weekdays and our weekend, but we don't want it to swing drastically, right? Like we don't want to go to bed every single night, Monday through Thursday at eight o'clock. And then on the weekend, you know, we say up to one o'clock, that's going to impact our circadian rhythm. We really want to go back to food as medicine. We want to support our mitochondria through the antioxidants we eat. So color, color, color. I always go back to eating the rainbow, right? When you're going to the grocery store, put a red thing in your cart, an orange thing, a yellow thing, not from the center lanes that are um, colored in dye. We're talking about naturally occurring colors, right? Strawberries, beets, um, pomegranate for red. You know, we're talking about carrots and sweet potatoes and orange bell pepper, for yellow, we're talking about, um, you know, yellow squash and bell pepper. You got your greens, your purples. So we want to get the colors of the rainbow to help with antioxidants and micronutrients. Uh, these are critical for how our mitochondria is going to function and keeping oxidative stress low in the body. Uh, Omega-3 fatty acids are great when we think about the brain, when we think about keeping our blood thin if we are in an inflamed state. So focusing more on salmon and cod and ground flaxseed and walnuts um, and less of the canola and seed oils and vegetable oils that are going to be more inflammatory, especially when out of range. Uh, And then the other thing that I would argue in any talk that I ever give is the most important thing we can do in America is being aware of processed sugar. Uh, We add sugar into our marinara sauce. We add sugar into our salad dressing. We put sugar into our protein bars. We put sugar into our kids' cereal. We put sugar into um, obviously candies and baked goods and we get our serving sizes off, right? You eat a muffin and it's three servings instead of one. Um, So we think we had seven grams of sugar and we had 21 
So just being aware of sugar intake is one of the most important things we can do. Uh, I was reading a study years ago, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but after eating processed sugar, your immune system functions less effectively for five hours. So if we are all day long eating sugar, our immune system is not functioning to its fullest potential. So we have to go back to sleep. We have to go back to food as medicine. Um, stress management, so, so critical. I think I covered this pretty well earlier, but um, one of the things I like to talk to my patients about, and I actually just had a great patient yesterday that we were talking about is like recognizing when we're in fight or flight. And until she got out of fight or flight, and experienced what it feels like to be in rest and digest in a calm state, she couldn't articulate when she was stressed or not. It was her baseline. Her baseline was being in fight or flight. And it was really exciting to hear that, Kristen, I now know what it feels like to be in a restful state. I'm now able to articulate when I'm in fight or flight and when I'm stressed. And it's really important to be able to recognize when your nervous system is imbalanced. And when we are in fight or flight 24-7, we're not able to identify when we need more rest, when we need to say no, when we need to go to bed earlier, when we need to add more self-care. So number one, if you're trying to figure out your level of stress and how to manage it better is being aware of it. Uh, earlier on in my career, I kept a journal next to my bed and I kind of created a subjective score of stress. Zero is no stress at all. You know, I'm sitting on a beach having a margarita. 10 is, you know, the worst stress of my life. You know, a loved one passes away, something I never want to experience. Um, where do I fall? Like when I'm waking up, how am I feeling? Am I waking up at an eight? Am I waking up at an eight again? Am I waking up at an eight again? And if I repeatedly am not having good control over my stress, something has to change, right? I try to hang out between a five and a seven. I I like to have stress. I feel like it makes me perform to my fullest potential. It challenges me. It helps me grow. But too much stress is not going to be good. So I take a subjective approach and I now am able to recognize when, hey, Cameron, that's my husband. I always tell him like, it's time for fun, right? I've had some, I've had a few really stressful days. I've got to turn technology off. I've got to disconnect. I can't think about work and we got to do something fun. And um, that helps me achieve balance. And then I'm a very big believer in the power of breath. So every morning and every night and before each meal, I try to remind myself to slow down my breath and just be present. Even if it's for a moment, that has allowed me to kind of keep my nervous system in balance. And it's that we test. If you have no idea, if you're like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm stressed out or not. I don't know how my body has handled any of my upbringing. You know, yes, my parents divorced and yes, somebody was, you know, abusive to the other one. And, you know, one of my siblings disowned the family, but like that is my life. I don't know. We like to put a number on it. One of our favorite things we say is test and don't just guess. So you can go into the subjective side, but then let's also add some objective data. How does your pregnant alone look? How does your cortisol look and your DHEA? And uh, see how your body has handled the stress that you've been Um, under in your entire life, you know, leading up to now. And some people have had really stressful upbringings and they've totally shifted their body's nervous system and their stress response. And it looks great. And other people have no idea what um, dysfunction exists within their adrenal hormones. 
another one is exercise. So this is actually something I'm really, really excited about as we talk about mitochondrial health is we are going to be bringing VO2 max to our stat wellnesses. And this is a way to kind of target your training zones. So we know zone two is really great for our mitochondria. And so making sure, especially with something like long haul um, viral or uh, post-viral syndrome, we don't want to exercise too hard for too long because it's going, it might exacerbate some of our symptoms, the fatigue and all of those things. So if we can really train in our right zone and pay attention to how we feel, we can improve our mitochondria and hopefully help with symptoms. But in the initial phases, when we work with someone in post-viral syndrome, we're going to be doing more just movement, walking, Pilates, some restorative yoga, Tai Chi, and making sure that people feel better and energized after their workout and not worse. So I always tell people it is not okay to work out and then need to take a nap for an hour after your workout, right? Like that is your energy is not being well managed and balanced within your body. We also want to look at um, gut health when it comes to like a treatment protocol. And number one is you can't out supplement a poor diet. So going back to food as medicine, we want to make sure you're getting enough fiber, which is prebiotics. We want to make sure you're eating whole foods. We want to make sure that you are getting some of these um, basic nutrients to keep a robust gut microbiome. This is one of the things that I think is really cool. And um, I don't know if you guys have watched the new Netflix series you are what you eat. They had twins, like really good twin studies. And they were looking at the gut microbiome and body composition. And one of the big things that they found is a vegan diet was really good for their, um, some of their biomarkers. And in research, some of the literature I've read in the past, a vegan diet is one of the best for creating a more robust gut microbiome because it's so high in fiber. And fiber is a prebiotic that feeds the good bacteria in our gut. So vegan diet, you know, whether you are a heavy plant-based diet and sprinkle in meat or, you know, just making sure you're hitting 30 grams of fiber, however you need to do that on a plant-heavy diet, it's going to be really, really great for uh, gut microbiome diversity. Where on the flip side, the carnivore, the keto, the keto diet, the super low-carb, um, avoiding plants, that is going to be low in fiber and that can disrupt the gut microbiome. And there is pros and cons of all of these, depending on what's going on with the patient. So, you know, there is a lot of pros if you have epilepsy or ADD, ADHD to keep really stable blood sugar and more of those fats and protein, but we don't want to do it at the disservice of our gut microbiome. So in some of our patients that are more lower carb, they may need to supplement some fiber to help with their gut microbiome. But in general, for the majority of the patients I see, I focus on how do we get enough protein and healthy fats, but up our plants. You know, I really aim for six servings of fruits and vegetables per day. Um, going back to the antioxidants that I talked about earlier, but also the fiber for our gut microbiome. And same thing when we were talking about your stress hormones, if you are unsure what your gut looks like, you know, maybe you have normal bowels or maybe you're one of my patients that comes in that was like, I've been constipated my entire life. Uh, maybe we're doing a, a stool test, a comprehensive stool test, because there's a lot in blood work we can't see. We can't see the good bacteria, the bad bacteria. Um, we cannot see how your pancreatic enzymes are working. We can't see inflammation based on a marker called secretory IgA in your labs. We need to do an actual stool test to evaluate several markers in your gut. That is very helpful. 
Uh, so those are some of the like critical things that we need to do from a natural standpoint. Uh, there are some supplements. And then at SAT, I wanted to share one of our IV protocols that we found some really good success with. And um, always consult your healthcare provider before you implement anything new when it comes to supplements or IVs. But um, these are things that we've seen. So nutritionally, we always want to check, like, are you in need of things like zinc, copper, omega-3s, vitamin D, and vitamin C. I would say that those are kind of like our big five when it comes to immune regulation. So if you're lacking any of those, we are definitely going to want to optimize that through supplementation. The other supplements that we've seen really good success with, and I've seen in a number of post-viral syndrome uh, protocols, is what's called NAC and quercetin. And NAC, NAC, is an amino acid that's the precursor of glutathione. So this one is really helpful for sinus health, lung health, oxidative stress, detoxification, and um, boosting that glutathione. And then quercetin is an antioxidant that has uh, a lot of antihistamine properties. So that NAC and quercetin is really great when we think about inflammation, immune dysfunction, and histamine intolerance. So we'll put those in and they're, they're safe for most people, um, and well tolerated. So making sure nutrients are optimal, looking at NAC and quercetin. And then we do use some of the astragalus, elderberry, euchanasia, depending on the person and what's going on. There's a great formula that we sell at stat called Viracid that has a lot of these things in it, at really therapeutic doses that if you can catch as soon as you get sick with a virus and start it, we love it. It's kind of like, um, our more natural Tamiflu, if you were to compare it to anything. And um, I think it, I, we've seen great success with Viracid. And there's also Vera Kid, which I love and swear makes a big difference for my girls. So those are kind of the supplements. And then we do get into this IV injection kind of protocol. And we actually have seen such success with this as a practice. We've created what we call our post-viral bundle. And um, this is really great for anybody that has the brain fog, the depression, the anxiety, um, any of the, the chronic fatigue syndrome symptoms, that persistent exhaustion, this is amazing for it. So we suggest getting what's called a super immunity IV, uh, which is basically like a multivitamin with some extra vitamin C and zinc. As soon as you know that you either have a virus or you're dealing with post-viral symptoms, that kind of makes sure, okay, do we have the nutrients we need? Are we upping our vitamin C and zinc for immune health? We then start glutathione and NAD. And glutathione we do as an IV push, and this helps lower that oxidative stress and helps with detoxification. And I find this especially valuable for the decreased exercise tolerance, um, shortness of breath, any kind of lung and liver involvement. And we do a series of four of those. And so we suggest in our protocol doing a glutathione push every one to two weeks for most therapeutic effect. And then the last thing that we put in this bundle is NAD injections. Uh, I feel like NAD has been one of the biggest game changers in the brain fog space with our post-viral syndrome patients. And this brain fog... Um, you will pretty much notice a difference with the NAD in the first couple uh, injections. And we do those twice a week for four weeks. So you're getting basically eight NAD shots for glutathione pushes and that super immunity 
uh, IV bag and it's, it's worked really well. So there is not a one size fits all, but that protocol we've seen to really help our patients when they come in and, you know, the moderate to more severe, uh, post-viral syndrome, they're kind of willing to try anything. And when you look at risk benefit ratio of these nutrients, they're very safe. They're great for mitochondria, oxidative stress, inflammation, and nutritional balance. So as you can see from this, uh, post-viral syndrome is a real thing and it's not a new thing. This has been around for a really long time. There is a lot of different viruses that can throw off our immune system balance. And we are always trying to evaluate how do we keep our immune system as healthy as possible because we can't avoid the virus, any viruses, right? We can't live in a bubble. We can't um, avoid any environmental triggers, right? If you're going for a walk, you're going to be breathing in exhaust. Um, if you're staying in a hotel, you might be exposed to mold. You know, we can try to say at the best hotel, but it could be there, right? If you're hanging out with friends, you're going to be exposed to new germs. So our goal is not to not expose ourselves to these things. Our goal is to get a healthy immune system. Knowledge is power and build up your biggest, um, what am I kind of looking for that word? Like a shield, like preparing. I always like imagine that we're like preparing our body for the, and I, war seems like a very extreme term, but we're preparing our body for this world, right? And how do we bring our best ammo into this world? And it's really through good quality sleep and stress management and a healthy gut microbiome and keeping inflammation as low as possible and eating the rainbow and, you know, choosing whole foods making sure we're adding in fun. You know, all of these things help us bring the best version of ourselves forward because we can't avoid stressors. We just can't. Um, but hopefully you guys learned something from this episode. And um, I know I covered a lot of information in a short period of time, but know if you are interested in diving into this anymore, you can book a free 15 minute consult with one of our functional medicine providers. And you can always call or text. Our texting is HIPAA compliant at 404-254-5905. I know our team would love to work with you. And um, we have patients that travel in. So, you know, depending on what level of medical care you need, we can only see patients that come to our Georgia location or live in Georgia unless we're consulting with your healthcare team that's local. But we would love to work with you, provide guidance where we can, and be a part of your healing journey. So reach out if you need anything. And thank you guys for tuning in. I uh, love spending time with you. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.